What's up, everybody? Welcome back for episode 205 of The Cut. I am your host, Christian. I am here with Randy. Randy, how you doing tonight? <laughs> doing great, man. Same super serious intro, okay? First time yeah. for everything, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, doing great. Homework done for the day. Now just do this and I can sleep. That's how this works, yeah. Nice, man. I, I really did sleep 12 hours last night. That was freaking glorious. I don't believe that or anything to do with that night, but you know, we'll move on from that. It's fine. Yeah. So we are recording and it's Saturday night. Uh, just got done watching the, the, uh, dunk contest. Yeah. Not happy about it. Uh, this isn't an NBA podcast, so I won't go in depth. I am not happy though. Uh, maybe we'll ask our guest later what he thought of it. Um, but before we get started, make sure you guys subscribe uh, wherever you're listening. Follow us at the Cut FFL on all of our socials. We're on Twitter most prominently, but we also have Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we're switching it up a little bit. I know we said last week that we'd be doing tight ends, um, our, our tight end rankings this week, but uh, change of plans. We are going to be doing our second mock draft, mock draft 2.0. And we're going to be including some trades. Um, pretty exciting stuff. We're also going to be interviewing Sean Gilbert from the Fifth Quarter Podcast. Uh, we'll talk to him a little bit later. But for now, let's get right into this mock draft. Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. Um, Randy, you want to give me number one? I thought you were odds this time. I was. Bengals take Joe Burrow. Pretty Yeah, pretty easy. Self-explanatory. Uh, I know why you wanted to switch this up, though, because you wanted to talk about why my pick at two isn't going to happen. You can. I pick Chase Young. I think if they stay here, that's the pick. That's basically, yeah. I, I understand them wanting to move. I think with the defense they run, the quote-unquote ends they have are more interior ends kind of thing. So I think they had some great play last year, but no one's Chase Young on that team. That's yes. That's what breaks down to. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think that they have a very uh, dire need at cornerback, especially with the news breaking <clears throat> about Josh Norman likely being cut. Shout out to Ron <laughs> Rivera for cutting that man twice. Um, <laughs> they just must not get along. But um, there's also some other issues with their other corners. I think that they are a prime a prime spot for Jeff Akuda to land. And I think that if they trade back, that's, that's who they're going to get. Um, but for this one, Chase Young's there. I don't hate it. I know I put Wills at two in my last mock draft just to fire everyone up, but <laughs> I, I do think that that's probably the pick if they stay there. Yeah. I, I think at two, this is the only pick for them. I, but I do, I mean, we have a trade at the next pick, obviously, but there's, Clearly someone this trade that's the that's the hard part for the Dolphins is they could trade early for three and then we have someone else trading for two just to leap them. So Yep. It might be all draft day trades for everyone here. Very well could be. Uh so number three, we do have the Miami Dolphins selecting. The Lions receive the fifth overall pick, the 39th overall pick, and the 2021 second round pick. Uh, they, the Dolphins also get a 2020 round, 2021 seventh round pick. Sorry, that was hard to say. Um, but this is all to get to, uh, obviously. I mean, I don't 
necessarily think that if they sit at five, they won't get Tua because obviously the Giants aren't picking Tua. However, this is kind of to make sure that no one else jumps the Giants. Um, and until we find out that Tua is not healthy, I think that we have to put him to the Dolphins. Right, Randy? Yeah, for sure. I, we have to put him in the second quarterback taken, whether that's yes. the Dolphins, Chargers, Panthers. Colts, Bucks, I don't really give a crap who it is. <laughs> He's got to be the yes. second one gone. Um, unless Joe Burrow pulls an Eli Manning here. <laughs> Which, Which very well could happen. There's been rumblings. I just don't think that's his personality. Maybe his agent comes out with that. Who knows? But again, we're Tua here. Uh, a lot of people a lot of people just thinking of trade value charts, looking straight at it, are doing that trade of basically just the 105 and like their worst second round pick to move up two spots and just judging from last the, uh, any previous draft it's going to be more than that we didn't want to we wanted to somewhat go along that line and not give up another first this year uh because they can still outbid pretty much anyone else so their first yeah. second round pick and a second round next year when they're probably going to be bad again so yes definitely uh at four Jedrick wills does not change. <laughs> Giants are picking. They, they could easily go D-tackle. I do see Isaiah Simmons going there as well. If this is up to Dave Gettleman, this is Jedrick Wills. There's no question in my mind. Yeah, I don't disagree. Well, I kind of disagree because you, you know how much I want Simmons yeah. to go to the Giants. But there's, there's a difference between wanting to disagree and actually disagreeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is definitely a Gettleman pick. Uh, if their new defensive coordinator has any say, then I think it could be Simmons, but, uh, but I, I think the, Wills is a, a prime Gettleman target. But the amount D coordinators have in saying and draft, uh, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go with Gettleman outrules him. So yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, number five, the lions, obviously this was Miami's pick. Uh, I'm not going to go over what they also received again, but this is Jeff Okuda. Um, this is a, a thing that, that Randy loves doing is even if there's no trades, Jeff Okuda goes to the lions. Um, I struggled to not make this Isaiah Simmons, but because Randy's so adamant that um, they need a corner, yeah. I went with Jeff Okuda, who is you, by far the best corner in this. You just go on Twitter and listen to these lions corners talk about well, how much money they get. And uh, I'd be drafting Okuda. I'd be sprinting to the board. Yeah. Please give so me slay. someone when all of these guys are gone. So Slay has just this upcoming year, correct? Yes. Okay. So and, it, it does make sense. And the major problem there is we're, I'm going to go into the assumption that the coaching staff and GM return. Hopefully they have a better year this year. If they don't, I don't know who the – who can, I don't know if Stafford's there again. I don't know if he's, Slay's there. Everyone could be gone. That's it's what happens, new regimes. So what we're seeing with the Redskins, we're probably going to start seeing with the Panthers here soon. So Speaking of Stafford really quick, um, I, I know that there are trade rumors that swirling. Were, that were shot down immediately by the Lions. They were shot down immediately. Plus, Matt Stafford is virtually untradeable. His contract, they, they would have like $30 million in dead cap that they have to pay no matter what. Matt Stafford is not getting traded. The Lions are not selecting a quarterback. I'll agree there, especially not the way Armat goes. I will say, yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
All right. Uh, what? Okay. So at six, we have another quarterback here, Justin Herbert. Uh, we did have another mock we were working on instead of this. That was probably going to be a short episode or article. And then we got confused and did this. So uh, <laughs> in that one, I picked Jordan Love to the Chargers because there are some rumblings there. I just think Herbert personally is better. It was my pick at six. Christian was a little mad, but whatever. So it's fine. <laughs> I, I will say we argued about this pick for like six hours uh, via text. Yes. It was, <laughs> it, it was a good conversation, though. I still think Jordan Love is probably my three. I know some some guy on Facebook really thought that was funny that I had Jordan Love over Justin Herbert. He must have been an Oregon Ducks fan, but uh, Justin Herbert to the Chargers definitely makes sense, especially with them moving on from Phillip Rivers. Number seven, the Panthers. They select Derek Brown. I know I'm the number one person that is, is saying that Matt Rule is going to tear this thing to the ground. And if that's the case, I don't think that they pick the fourth quarterback here. Um, I don't think they really want to move up for an injury-prone quarterback in Tua, seeing as they already have one who's been hurt for basically a year and a half on their roster. I think the Panthers are just going to try to be so bad that they get Trevor Lawrence next year. And Derek Brown obviously doesn't help their cause there. He's a great defensive tackle. I think he's a top-five talent, and he fills one of the bigger needs for Carolina. Um, I know this is pretty chalky. I know Derek Brown is always going to the Panthers in these mocks, but it's because it makes sense. Yeah. It's either Derek Brown or Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> and yeah. and we they have their D tackles are a lot worse than the linebacking core right now. So I'm great with this pick. Uh at eight, this was actually kind of a struggling argument as well between us. Uh, mainly mm-hmm. because of Brown's fandom, honestly, because <laughs> we wanted this guy for them instead. Uh, I selected Tristan Wirfs here. I just think he's the next best tackle off the board here. Uh, definitely right side more, in my opinion, but could play left. And the Cardinals already have a left tackle. We did go through free agency a bit. We assume they're going to re-sign uh, DJ Humphreys. So put Wirfs at the right tackle spot, and that is two solid pieces to try and help little Kyler Murray Murray stay alive. Uh, Very good in the screen game for Wirfs. I think he would be, I think he's best suited for zone schemes, especially outside. I know the Cardinals aren't necessarily that scheme and be more the Browns, which is why I wanted him to fall, but I'm going, going true to the mock instead of fandom here. So next best player on the board. Yeah. And I'll say my piece on Wirfs really quickly. I think he's a guard, personally. Um, I think that if he slides inside, he's going to be by far the best interior offensive lineman in this class. And even if that's the case, the Cardinals could use help there. If he doesn't work out at tackle, which I think he very well could, I just think he's best suited to move inside. Um, But if he doesn't, the Cardinals still are getting better, which is why we wanted him to the Browns, because they have needs all over the offensive line. Uh, Yeah. But it's, it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> it's, you got you to take fandom out of it to a certain extent. Yes, you do. Uh, number nine, the Jaguars. Finally, Isaiah Simmons comes off the board. Randy was shocked that I let him fall this far. I uh, mean, <laughs> not really. It, well, you're not shocked based on your rankings of him, but Isaiah Simmons is like my number three overall prospect. Yeah. So it, 
And you think I'm crazy for that, but no, that's okay. I don't. I love Isaiah Simmons. I just try and temper your expectations for this. I uh, I hope I, he doesn't go to the Jags because I don't think they're going to use him right. But what do you mean? I think he can they be used. Miles Jack, right? They yeah, they do. But I also don't think that that coaching staff returns after next year. I maybe. Just don't. I don't know, man. I and I did give you a little bit of guff here as well. I know Jags fans absolutely want a receiver here, which is ridiculous in my eyes. Uh, their lines, I mean, let's be fair, dog shit, and <laughs> they uh, they could easily use any of these linemen left on the board. I understand the Simmons pick, though. I'm good with it. He's a top five talent. Good for them. Uh, Browns probably the last best tackle left in Mecky Becton. I obviously agree. Andrew Thomas is amazing. Probably the only one left that could be a left tackle per se. Uh, but I think he's more in interior down the line here, especially to start off. Uh, but Mecky Becton here for the Browns should be great. He definitely has stuff to learn. If he gets his hands on you, he murders everyone. That is yeah. pretty much it. He is very athletic and can get out on some of the little screens that they run. But we really just need him to be his own blocker. We just need him to get his hands on someone. Yeah, I I really love Becton. Um, I I think he's rising in the draft world still. Um, I, think, I think I saw someone have him as their number 10 overall prospect, which I love. Yeah. I, think, I think he's a good fit for the Browns. I do think he is a little bit of a project, but I also think that he would be in a pretty good situation with that new coaching staff with Callahan. For sure. I I think he's probably a right tackle as well uh, in the NFL. And that kind of sucks for him, honestly, because the best guard the Browns have is on the left side. Uh, So maybe they try and force him over there, that left side to help out, especially with who we had them taking in free agency. I can't remember if it was Beluga or uh, Conklin. Or Conklin. Yeah, so Conklin's definitely a right side tackle. So with this, they solidify their tackles for the future, hopefully. Conklin's kind of hit or miss every now and then, but did turn it on down the stretch along with Henry, and it was a big part of that. So hopefully yeah. that solidifies, and maybe down the draft here, they can get a guard to help that out as well. We had him picking up a safety, so there's no need for that. Hopefully yeah. they get Anthony Harris, because I don't think Simmons is leaving uh, uh, Denver. There's not a chance. So, yeah, works out for us. That's <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number 11, the Jets. Uh, we just talked about him a little bit, but Andrew Thomas comes off the board here. I know Jets fans really want Jerry Judy. They want C.D. Lamb. They want Henry Ruggs. They want a weapon. And I know they need weapons, but they need to protect their franchise quarterback or what should turn into a franchise quarterback. He hasn't really looked that part just yet. I think Andrew Thomas definitely helps. Um, I think I think the Jets need about four offensive linemen. and. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if they drafted three or four uh, this year. May as well start with Andrew Thomas. Yeah. And with us having them pick line here, that's obviously assuming that they will draft a receiver early in the second. Uh, But their coach doesn't value receivers clearly. And they're 
new GM has never really valued the position this highly. He's more of a trench guy as well. And I think Judy's definitely a bigger talent here. I just don't see them pulling the trigger, which is great for the Raiders. Because <laughs> they get yep. their they get their pick of the litter. Andrew Thomas is amazing, just saying that. Uh <laughs> that solidifies a huge part of their line. And yep. for the Raiders, Jerry Judy is who I had them take. Obviously, for a lot of people, it's a toss-up between him and CD. Uh Christian brought up the point that Judy is more of a burner than CD, which somewhat correlates with uh, Tyrell Williams for them already. But I think Judy's a better route runner than CD as of right now. So I'm going to take that route running for a true number one receiver for them. He definitely still has to prove himself more, but I think this is kind of perfect situation for him. He's going to be running in the four twos at the combine too, and no one's really talking about it. <laughs> it's gonna be scary, uh, and maybe that maybe that actually gets the Jets to actually pick a receiver, which is fine with me. How this board fells, because then they still get CD Lamb. So, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad bad pick between Judy or Lamb. Um, they've always been our one A and one B. I think this is perfect for the Raiders. Number thirteen, the Colts. Uh, we had a pretty long discussion on this pick as well. We ended up going with Javon Kinlaw. Um, I know this is a prime spot to take a quarterback. It's a prime spot to take a wide receiver. I just think that the Colts, you'll see how they'll be able to pick up a quarterback a little bit later in this draft. Um, For now, take the best defensive tackle left on the board. And someone I think is pretty damn close to Derek Brown's level of talent. so, Randy, I know you said they should probably go defense or quarterback. Yeah. Um, kind of talked me off the CD train. I mean, do you, do you like this pick? I like this pick a lot. Um, in any draft where we'd have like their Chargers go one and Panthers go the other quarterback, I think this is always the pick for them. <laughs> Kinlaw is incredible and probably the last true first round defensive tackle left. Uh, I know there's a couple of guys like Davidson and a few others that you like that are back and first talents. Uh, I still think they're very high second round talents in my eyes, but uh, he is incredible. And I understand the CD conversation here. They just drafted Paris Campbell last year really early. Hasn't had a chance to pan out. Uh, Hilton wasn't able to be on the field most of the year. They could bring in a veteran there. They do have a lot of cap room. I think this is smarter play for him here and maybe try and get a younger developmental guy down the road in this draft. Yep. And at 14, we actually argue about this one a lot too for the Bucks. We wanted to trade this, to be honest uh, with you guys, but there really wasn't a partner that'd be willing to give up what they would need to to get up here. Um, so we. Obviously, I think they would love Kinlaw to follow them. No tackle or anything fell to them. They could sneak. A, they could go for a quarterback here. I don't think they do at this point. I think Arians is really old and doesn't want to go through a whole other young quarterback. Uh, so we went with Christian Fulton, uh, who is our consensus second best corner in this draft. Just good at pretty much everything. Not even the best cornerback on his team last year. I agree with that, but. 
that's only because Stingley is he'll be a top five pick. <laughs> he is amazing. He, he could battle for the number one pick. I'm not even joking. That dude's so freaking good. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is like Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Peterson coming out, which is what Okuda is as well. So yeah, yeah. Stingley's and, incredible. Fulton is really, really good. This is an amazing pick for a Bucks secondary that is awful and has had bad drafts at corner and has drafted Florida corners that didn't work out. So I assume they're not going Henderson. So <laughs> go yeah. for a program guy in Fulton. I think he works out for you. I think Ed Rusher would be okay here as well. I do think they get Shaq Barrett back. Still could use another guy on the other side. Those are pretty much the only two positions I see right here that work for them, though. So maybe safety, but eh. Yeah, it's yeah. I agree. Eh. Um, I think that if Andrew Thomas was on the board, he would slide right in. But he's gone, so Christian Fulton makes total sense. Number fifteen, the Broncos. I do want to put out the disclaimer that we have them signing Robbie Anderson. I know in our previous mock and in most of my mocks, I have Henry Ruggs going here because they need a fast receiver to kind of go along with Cortland Sutton and what he brings. But in this draft, because they signed Robbie Anderson, they're drafting CeeDee Lamb. And I'll tell you what, that is a lot of weapons for Drew Locke. You've got CeeDee on one side, Sutton on another side, Robbie in the slot, and Noah Fant lining up at tight end. That would be a dream scenario for Broncos fans. I know our friend Brandon Sweet, he'd probably be ecstatic if this happened. He'd be yeah. jumping out of his seat. So Well, and it, it allows CeeDee and Sutton to move all around the field and allows Robbie Anderson to run probably, fast with this kind of contract though. I don't think he gets a long-term deal. I think it's be a two to three year prove it deal for probably around eight to $10 million a, pro- a true prove it deal for a wide receiver. And I think he'd be amazing here. I, I mean, he may be able to get more money in like Miami, maybe the Packers shovel out the money for him. I doubt it because they have to pay, a lot of people still. So this is amazing for the Broncos to completely revitalize that receiving core for a young quarterback. They do need some O-line help. They do need some defensive help. But this is amazing, which sucks for everyone in that division. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because absolutely. the Raiders have no corners. <laughs> and the Chiefs have no corners. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be good for the Broncos. I think that actually puts them in playoff contention next year. Got a shot at least. Yeah, shot. for sure. At 16, we have the Falcons with the next best corner off the board going AJ Panessa to replace everything that they have failed at at edge. And I think he is a good workhorse that uh, isn't necessarily a true like speed rush guy. Uh, he's maybe a little bit more of an effort guy than that, but he's got a lot of good moves. He is going to get to the quarterback. Don't have to worry about that. And he's a pretty good run defender. So. I think that's a solid pick for them. Help rebuild that defense. I assume they're going to do whatever that takes after they cut Devonta Freeman to get uh, Austin Hooper back uh, to, and then draft a running back or something later. But this is the pick for him here. If Falcons fans want to tell us that they should draft Swift here, I would agree. But then you're basically asking what the Falcons have had to do forever is just score 40 points a game to win. So I'm trying to help that defense. (laughs) Yep. I love this pick. I know 
A lot of Falcons fans are probably up in arms about why it's not Chase on. I'll tell you what, you don't want Chase on after seeing Vic Beasley do what he did. So Facts. <laughs> uh, before we move on to the Cowboys pick at 17, we are going to take a quick break. We couldn't continue putting out all of this mediocre content without the help of our phenomenal sponsors. And today, one of those sponsors is Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host ad reads, interview segments, topical discussions, and much more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasts of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. We personally just discovered Podcorn recently, and we can't rave about it enough. We've secured two sponsors in our first two days, and we've browsed tons of new opportunities. I know a lot of you that listen to us have your own podcasts, or you may have aspirations to start one, and Podcorn is a great place to help kickstart your show. Yeah, please click the link in our description to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities now. Again, thank you to our episode sponsor, Podcorn. Welcome back, guys. Uh, we're here with pick number 17. This was one of my picks. Cowboys are taking Xavier McKinney. I know that uh, in a lot of these mocks, I've slid a corner there. I think that they have a need at both corner and safety, and Xavier McKinney probably can play some slot corner for them. I mean, he's yeah. he's a very versatile guy, and I think he fits kind of both of those needs, and that's why he gets the nod over uh, C.J. Henderson. For for me, what gives him the nod over Henderson here is his ability to cover the tight end, and he has a division with the Eagles that have two studs and the Giants that have a stud at tight end. Uh, you have to have a guy that can cover him, and I think McKinney is a 10-year stud at that. <laughs> Uh, I do think they obviously have to address the corner of the draft because they're losing the one that maybe they can get a cheap guy. Uh, like maybe like dark was Denard to plug in or something, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. McKinney's I think McKinney's better than Henderson though. So it's easy for me. 18 yeah. dolphins. Uh, I know in other mocks, this is places that we've talked about Deandre Swift. I think he could go this high, but for the Dolphins and what they need, I went with the last tackle that's a first-round eligible for me, and that's Josh Jones. Basically, a little bit better at this point, Andre Dillard, I think, uh, but very similar players. If they don't take him here, they're not getting him at 26. That's basically the biggest thing. Uh, there's the Jaguars would love him. Maybe even the Raiders to an extent. Bills to an extent, <laughs> Patriots for sure, Saints possibly, Colts for sure, because they may have a or, or somebody else could trade in because everyone has people retiring. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Dolphins, Josh Jones, they have to pick this year. Honestly, I think this is their 18th pick no matter what. And <laughs> I, I don't see how it can't be. The only way I see it not being... <laughs> their pick is if he's gone before this and which could be 14 or 15. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. let's be real or 13. <laughs> he could go as high as 13, which would be awful in my opinion, but yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a reach, but it could happen. But that's, like I said, the only way I don't see the dolphins taking Josh Jones. Number 19, we have the Eagles trading up for Henry Ruggs. 
they receive this pick, they give away their uh, the twenty first overall and a next year third. Um, but that is well worth it to get Henry Ruggs. Um, they also get a next year fifth. Right. Um, balance it. Yeah, my bad. Just didn't even read that. Um, but Henry Ruggs would fit this offense perfectly. I know they just drafted a receiver high and Arthega Whiteside. It hasn't really panned out. I know they're not going to give up on him, but I think he brings a lot different skill set to yeah. the field. Rugs mixed with Ortega Whiteside would be awesome for this offense. Toss in those tight ends. And I think the Eagles are are back to the playoffs because I think they yeah. are literally a receiving core away from that. I, I do think they uh well I think they need a little bit of help in the secondary, um, possibly some O line depth, but they also need another receiver besides just Rugs in my opinion. Uh, but there's plenty to go around in this draft. And yep. as you notice, we didn't give away any other picks that they have this year so they can try and build this roster for this year in a push because they could easily win this division. Yep, it's there for the taking. All right. And at 20, we have the Jaguars taking C.J. Henderson. Uh, there's a ton of talks that they are going to be cutting A.J. Bouye, which is ludicrous to me. Uh, but understandable to an extent i i i think if he hits the free agent market he's automatically the top corner not even a question and i i don't even know what would happen i don't know where he would go i don't want anyone to think about that really i think the jags are ridiculous for trying to cut him to be honest uh if they don't this is incredible for them because they get a second corner Obviously, in my opinion, line, line, line is the biggest need for them here. There's no one here for me. Uh, you can reach on a guard like Ruiz or Cushenberry. Uh, I think they're a little bit lower in the draft. Maybe trade back a bit. I don't know who they trade with, though. That's it's, it's another problem we had talking about this. And Jags fans, again, want a receiver. I'm not sure. I value C.J. Henderson over any receiver left. So especially if they're cutting Bouye because then they have no one. So, yes. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there. Um, I think if Ruggs was still on the board, that's maybe a shot for them just what because he is in that top tier of receivers to me. Um, but after that, there's a, a pretty big drop-off in my opinion, and that's why they go corner. Yeah, and that's and that's why we had the Eagles trade up two spots. It's only two spots. They could have waited, but there's a solid chance that the Jaguars take Ruggs, yeah. and I think he's a perfect fit for their system. I think they could also use Justin Jefferson, both those teams, but uh, I don't know. I, I really just liked Ruggs of the Eagles, and because they're making a move that I don't necessarily agree with, you have to get a corner to replace these guys. Because they yep. traded away the best corner last year, <laughs> and now they have to trade away. Now they're going to get rid of another one. They have to do something there. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, number 21, the Raiders, they get Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray is my second linebacker on my big board. I know Patrick Queen has been rising pretty quickly, but I think Kenneth Murray fits what the Raiders want to do a lot better. I think Kenneth Murray is a lot quicker. I think he can uh, play in coverage a little bit better. 
And I also just think that he's more sideline to sideline. He's faster. Uh, he has a better nose for the ball. I'm not saying this to to diss on Patrick Queen because I think he's great as well. I think they're pretty damn close, but I think that the Raiders would go Kenneth Murray over Queen. Uh, yeah, and I and because uh, the same thing as the last time, uh, because Henderson went to the Jags right before Raiders don't pick a corner here. I think they do. They have three third round picks. I think they probably get two there, to be honest with you, and they need it. <laughs> And they should get another receiver there as well. Uh, yep. But I really love Kenneth Murray to them. I also love Queen. They're pretty much tied for me uh, as the, basically tied for second best co- uh, linebackers in this draft. They both do a little bit different things, but are both great. And the just imagine Kenneth Murray and Jonathan Abram flying around the middle of the field together. That is, that is a lot of speed and a lot of hitting. And I yeah. love that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we moved to 22, the Bills. We don't believe T. Higgins is a first-round receiver. I'm just going to say that here. And I think LaVisca Chenault and Justin Jefferson are both first-round guys, too. But I think the value of Caleb on Chase on here is higher. And they do need another edge pressure help guy. Their defense is incredible, but they don't get pressure well. I mean, that's their biggest knock. They could obviously, I think they could use another corner. Their safety duo is incredible. Tredavis White's obviously a monster, a stud for the ages, really. (laughs) And they have good, they they just have a pretty good D-line, but Chase on puts that to the next level. Um, And with this, with the way this board's going, I think there's more depth of the receiver position, especially way more than the edge depth. Chase on's the he quite possibly could be the second best edge in this class. And yep. he's still here at 22. I think you take him here for sure. And if you have to trade up a little bit next round to get a receiver. I yeah. mean, you can get T Higgins next round. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I think T Higgins, the way he plays definitely fits the bills, but I just, I, like you said, neither of us think that he's a first round guy. Um, number 23, the Patriots, they get, extremely lucky and they get Patrick Queen here. Um I mean the Patriots have a lot of needs. They could very well go receiver here, but they tried that last year. Uh Randy made the point that it hasn't really worked out just yet. I think it probably will with Nikhil Harry, but I think the Patriots need to get better on defense. I think there's a pretty good shot they lose Van Noy. Um yeah. and if they lose Van Noy and replace him with Patrick Queen, I think that they're in a pretty good position there. Yeah. And when we went through free agency, we expect them to get McCordy back. We expect them to do everything they can to get Brady and Thune back. Uh and we and from what we're hearing, they're gonna be going for either Austin Hooper or Hunter Henry. We assumed it's Hunter Henry. I don't think the Falcons can be a contender without Austin Hooper. Uh, And then we assume they're going for AJ Green as well. So that's why we don't reach a little bit here for a receiver. And we, they have to get that defense. If you're losing Van Noy, you'd need another guy there. He is a leader of that defense. The don't need corner safety. So (laughs) this is your perfect pick. I mean, you could use some edge help, but he just went. So, 
Yeah, there's no other edge that I would take here. Really, in the first round, um, pretty weak edge class, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, well, at 24, with all the linebackers first round worthy gone, this is really easy for the Saints, <laughs> for LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I expect Taysom Hill to be back. We said that Breeze is obviously either there or retired. I know... They'll find that out about the same time. Hopefully he tells them before Bridge <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater leaves. Uh, I expect him to retire, honestly, and I kind of expect Philip Rivers to retire. So in my eyes, Bridgewater's back here. Taysom Hill may leave. So you get a guy that can be better than Taysom Hill at his receiving and rushing role. Obviously, I'm not going to say he's a better quarterback than Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill is not really a quarterback. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, bold <laughs> takes, bold takes, yeah. Well, I was going to say that Chanel might be a better quarterback. Okay, thank you. Thank you for bringing that <laughs> there. Uh, I, I really do think Taysom Hill should be here forever, and who cares? I mean, if he's there, that just helps out. They have two guys that can do everything on the field for them, along Plus, with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Plus, you put Chanel in the backfield with Kamara, um, you put Chanel, <laughs> yeah, and Taysom Hill, really. And, but you can line Chanel up as a wide receiver, too, and he's going to be pretty damn productive in that role as well. Yes, he's very um, fast as well. And if he is getting ahead of speed and he trucks you, he's knocking almost every secondary person over I can think of. He's a freaking beast, man. Yeah. Uh, number 25. This is another pretty big trade here. We've got the Colts trading back into the first round to get their quarterback of the future in Jordan Love. This is by far the lowest I have had Jordan Love, uh, but the Vikings get the Colts' second and third round picks. Um, well, one of the Colts' second round picks, which is the higher one, basically an extension of the first round, uh, the 34th overall. The Colts also pick up a 2021 fifth, but they go out and they get – the quarterback that I think is already better than Jacoby Brissett. As I said earlier, he is my third quarterback. I'm pretty sure that's going to change once the combine and pro days roll around. But even if he's the fourth quarterback, the Colts go get him and they have their future stud. Yeah. And I will say that if Breeze is back and Bridgewater leaves, I could easily see the Saints just picking Jordan Love here at 24. But I think it's better for them to have Bridgewater, even if they have to have Bridgewater, Breeze, and Hill again for one more year, and they can get Chenault in there. I think that's their best case scenario. Uh, but I think Jordan Love to the Colts is almost inevitability here. I just think Kinlaw is better uh, at thirteen. If yeah. maybe we were trying to get a trade back for them as well, but no one really worked. Same thing that we had a problem with with the Buccaneers. So them trading back in is the perfect plan for us. And I think they would do this. I know we haven't seen the Colts in this regime trade up really. Uh, but I think this is what, what are all those trade backs for? I mean, you've been getting ammo for years. Let's, let's put it to use here and get your quarterback of the future. Yes, absolutely. All right. At 26 kind of struggle with this. Didn't want to be, <laughs> See, this is my problem. I didn't want to be chalky with myself, and that's kind of a bad thing to be already, to be honest. Uh, yeah. But we stuck with DeAndre Swift here. 
Uh, I think they have pretty good receivers, as is. I don't think there's a need to go for that right now. They could have easily used another lineman. I think that would have been good here. Um, they could definitely use corner, D-line, everything pretty much. Safety. But they have no running back. The running game was atrocious. DeAndre Swift is the best running back in this class, in my opinion, easy. Uh, I do love J.K. Dobbins, don't get me wrong. There's probably a little bit of bias there, so I'm trying to take that out. And Swift <laughs> definitely my running back one. And he immediately makes his team better, in my opinion. They already got their quarterback of the future, running back of the future, hopefully left tackle of the future, may stick to right tackle, who knows. But uh, I think this is a really good first round for the Dolphins. Could they screw this up? For sure. Could these guys not necessarily work out? Definitely. <laughs> Josh Jones could not work out and Tua could break his hip again. We don't freaking know. But right. I think with this draft, it sets them up great for the future. They do still have another second round pick and they still have a lot of picks. They can definitely make some more moves, get another lineman, get another corner. They could do a lot still. But I think this is an incredible draft for them. Yeah. I... And, it, and it somewhat follows the suit of what the Raiders did last year with their three first round picks. Yes, and that's a pretty good model to follow. Um, number 27, the Seahawks. Last time, I think I gave them Lloyd Cushenberry, the third. This time, I'm giving them Cesar Ruiz. Um, they're, they're pretty even in my book, but Ruiz is quite the riser right now. People are locking him in at top 50, and because of that, I think that he is going to slide and sneak into this first round. The Seahawks need offensive linemen. They need another edge rusher. I get it, but they just spent draft capital on one last year and then also went out and traded for Jadavion Clowney. We have them keeping Clowney, and if that's the case, that's not their biggest need in my eyes. Uh, so Ruiz fits what probably is their biggest need. And we don't really value any other edge rushers as first-round talent, whereas we value Ruiz as a first-round lineman. Yeah. Uh, it's late first, but it's still first. Um, they have other picks. They can easily go edge at a different spot. I I mean, if we're just talking true edge, I think getting Zach Moss and where the next two rounds is probably perfect for them. Uh, if it's just pure edge rush. Uh, but uh, I think interior line, if they pick that here, that shores up Russell Wilson and whatever running back they choose to go with future. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's all you, you need time for guys like DK Metcalf. Yeah. If you, if you give lock it, it really the, his biggest plays are when he can make a second move after Wilson shimmies around a bit and he just gets, <laughs> he's going to get loose. If you give him a little bit of time, he's going to get loose because you're not going to be able to hold a guy that can lift up your house. It just doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Seriously. At 28, this has actually changed a little bit for us. All the linebackers we value in the first are gone here. Uh, I do think there's a couple other positions that could go. I do think they could go wide receiver here for sure. They do definitely need more of that. But again, there's more depth down the road. They just cut Tony Jefferson to save money. We rolled in with Grant Delpit. I I think that is a good hole filler for them for the future. Delpit's tackling is definitely an issue, uh, but if anyone's going to fix it, it's probably the Ravens. Yeah. They're going to get them right. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> and and 
I, I do want to put out a disclaimer here. I think that Delpit could easily fall into the second and yep. some of these safeties could jump him. But I think that picking a safety here does make sense, especially with them cutting Tony Jefferson to save the 12 million. Um, that's all I'll say. I don't want to talk about Grant Delpit anymore until draft time. Um, <laughs> number 29, the Titans. There's a few different ways this could go for them. They could draft Jacob Eason, depending on Tannehill. I think Tannehill's back. I think he's on more than just a franchise tag. And for that, I mean, even if he's not, I think he goes out and he proves himself and they don't invest in a rookie quarterback. And because of that, Logan Ryan is a free agent. They have a lot of free agents that they need to sign. I don't think Logan Ryan's going to be their top priority. Jeff Gladney is still on the board. Jeff Gladney is going to the Titans. Yeah, I love it. Uh, their corners have not been good this year, even when they're on the field, really. And let's be real, like <laughs> they win games with like two or three scores. Like they need a good defense. I think you improve the secondary as best you can. And this is a perfect spot for them. Even if they even if they get Logan Ryan back and have a Tory Jackson, I, I think this is still a perfect guy for you. Yeah. All right. And then what we're at 30 with the Packers. Uh, I think these last three teams have a strong case to trade down, and maybe that is a little bit of a preface for the next two picks, but uh, I think perfect wide receiver for these guys is Jalen Rager. I don't think he's a first-round talent. I think Justin Jefferson would be incredible for him, so that's what we went. <laughs> uh, there's no linebacker for him here. Um, I I do think they may go that next round. But this is, I mean, they may need offensive linemen, uh, but we'll see. I really don't know what's going to happen with them. I, they have Bakhtiari for one more year. Beluga's a free agent. Uh, I I don't think they re-sign him, mainly just because I think the Dolphins outbid them. <laughs> and, yeah. But then you got a guy that's not going to win, so we'll see. Uh, I don't think the Packers going to value alignment here, though. I think just I think they're going into this draft either going for one of the three linebackers, which let's be real, Isaiah Simmons isn't getting this far, so you're picking one of the other two, or you're going wide receiver. And Justin Jefferson is a good route runner, very smooth, and he's still fast, and he's probably a really he's going to be a really good wide receiver two for them. He's never going to be wide receiver one, which is good because he wasn't that in college. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, this is he's pretty much going back to LSU at this point. If he goes yeah. to the Packers, he's got an amazing quarterback, good running game, pretty good O line. You got a pretty good defense, could use improvement, whatever. But still, you have a stud on the other side of the field, and he can be your <laughs> your secondary option. And he could honestly drift into wide receiver two for fantasy off the bat with this yep. pick. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be awesome. Um, this fit. I love it. I think that I th I think on my board, I still have Jefferson over Chenault, uh, but the fit of Chenault to the Saints makes more sense. And I think Jefferson fits the package pretty well. Uh, number 31, we have the Steelers trading into the first round to get their quarterback of the future because quite frankly, it's not Duck Hodges. It's not Mason Rudolph. 
I don't think Ben Roethlisberger has much left in the tank. So they trade up. Um, they give up their second round pick, their fourth round pick, and the 2021 second because they draft so low in um, in the second that that pick doesn't have a huge amount of value to trade into the first. But they come up and they select Jacob Eason. Yeah. Steelers will always have to give up a little bit more because they're always drafting later in the draft. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the the pains of having a good franchise, right? <laughs> yeah, but I I really don't think Big Ben plays more than one year. I do think he's back this year, and I do think he could be pretty efficient. And your best case is you get two years out of Big Ben, and I think Jacob Eason is a great quarterback for that system. He's got a big arm. If he can learn for real with Mike Tomlin, hopefully under Big Ben. I'm not quite sure how good of a teacher he is, uh, <laughs> but it, that's Big he's Ben. Not, he's not a good teacher, but... I, I'm not going to go into who Big Ben is as, in his, is as a person. <laughs> that's a conversation that should not be recorded. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Jacob Eason is an incredible pick for them. I understand maybe Steelers fans don't love it because they're giving away some draft capital. But in reality, what y- your first round pick was amazing. <laughs> Mika Fitzpatrick is incredible. Yep. He's quite possibly the best safety in the league, let's be real. And the, <laughs> if you get a quarterback for the future, it does limit your draft capital in this draft. Who cares? Draft a running back in the third for all I care and get over it. <laughs> Jacob Eason is an incredible fit for the Steelers. Sweet. Yep, and yeah, <laughs> Panthers are probably pissed. And Bucks are probably pissed, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and at thirty-two, we have another trade. Honestly, so thirty-one was inevitability. 49ers do not have enough draft picks. Uh, they don't have a lot of free agents this year. They do need to get picks in there though, because they have aging people at certain positions, especially left tackle. Uh, so I think they trade back for sure and try and fill some holes down the line. And we got the Chargers jumping the Bengals for a tackle for the future for their new quarterback and Austin Jackson. They're, they're getting him to help protect Herbert. I think he's definitely the next tackle on the board. I have him second round evaluation, but very early. And I, it, I see a lot of people having the Bengals drafting a D tackle or an edge for some reason, or they're, they're going corner or they're going wide receiver. Their line's not good guys. <laughs> they not. just, they're drafting Joe Burrow who was, had a lot of time at LSU. Let's be real. I mean, he moved around better than a lot of people, but he had time. You need to get him help. I mean, I think Jonah Williams is incredible. I think they had some people step up along that line. Austin Jackson's your right tackle. The future, I think. Worst case, you move Jonah Williams inside, I think. But I think Jonah Williams and Austin Jackson, that's back-to-back first-year tackles that should be on your team for the next seven to ten years, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um... And, the, the sorry, the trade is <laughs> the Chargers <laughs> receive the 30-second pick and the Chiefs trade back very little to the 37th pick overall from the Chargers, and as well get a fourth-round pick. They also need a few more picks because they aren't going to be able to afford a lot of free agents because they're about to pay 
Patrick Mahomes like forty freaking million dollars. So they're gonna have no cap. They're probably gonna lose Chris Jones. They're losing two wide receivers. They need more draft capital. Yeah. And I mean, Sammy Watkins might sit out this well, year. I, now. I, they're gonna lose Robinson and Watkins. And like <laughs> if Rob if if Watkins doesn't sit out, they're cutting him. He makes I, way too much money. Yes, I I agree with that. So that'll do it. Uh, quite a few trades. Um, not as many as I actually thought when we were heading into this, but um, that's our, our mock draft 2.0. Let us know what you guys think. Um, before we get into our interview with Sean Gilbert from the fifth quarter, we're going to take another short break. Side note, guys, we did have some audio issues towards the end of our recording with Sean. Um, I did thank him. It kind of cut off, uh, so please excuse that. Also, our conclusion got cut off, so uh, just make sure you guys follow at the Cut FFL on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and thank you guys for sticking with us uh, through this kind of long episode. Um, but let's get right into the interview with Sean. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Sean Gilbert from the Fifth Quarter Podcast. Sean, how are you doing this evening? Um, pretty good, actually. Uh, it's a little late in the day, but that's no problem. Anytime, uh, you know, this is the first actual guest appearance I've had on someone's show, so I'm pretty excited to uh, to see what you know what questions you guys hit me with. So I'm I'm ready to go. Nice man. Yeah, I when I joined your guys' podcast, that was my first guest appearance as well. So glad I could uh, return the favor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm, re- I'm ready to get at it. Sounds good. Um, Randy, hit him with the first question. First question. <laughs> All right. Uh, how involved do, are you with the draft process? Like, is there any interest uh, past the Browns? Obviously, I know that's majority of what you're covering. It's pretty interesting because I feel like every year kind of differs um, as far as how talked about the the draft class is. This year, I'm pretty interested um, only because obviously the Browns yet again have a, a top 10 pick. I feel like that's kind of no surprise. Um, the top 10 picks kind of surprised me a little bit because you, you, you don't really know who's going to go number one. Um, obviously, that's up for debate. There's a couple quarterbacks in the discussion, obviously, Chase Young. Um, so no matter who usually has a number one pick or top five picks with that matter, I'm always pretty interested um, just because you, you never know what's going to happen. Is someone going to make a trade? Is is kind of, um, you know, is a defensive player going to be picked number one, which usually doesn't happen. Um, so this year in particular, I'm pretty interested. Good stuff. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> so speaking on the Browns, I know the fifth quarter is – is mainly a Browns podcast, so I'm sure you're up to date with all of the new hires. Um, how are you feeling about Stefanski and Barry and the crew they've put together? Um, well, if any of your your, your listeners kind of have listened to our, our recent episodes, um, at first I was 100% against it. Um, I was 1,000% on the Josh McDaniels train. Um, I'm also a New England fan, so... Um, that was kind of the reason why I was kind of on the Josh McDaniels trend and he's from Ohio. So it's hard to kind of root against the guy. Um, so at first I was kind of a little iffy on the Stefanski hire. Um, the more I've listened to it and the more I've kind of looked into it, I'm okay with it. Um, he's come from a decent offense. Minnesota's not bad. 
they were a playoff team the last couple of years. He, he's done well with Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook. So um, that's kind of the same offense we've got. You know, Baker's kind of not proving himself completely, and we've got a stud running back in Nick Chubb as well as, as Kareem Hunt. So um, I'm interested to see what he does. I'm going to give him a chance. I don't want to write him off completely because that's just kind of what the Browns usually do with their their, their head coach that they hire. So I'm actually going to give the guy a chance and see what he can do as well as in, uh, of Barry. Um, he's a young guy. He seems to know what he's doing. Uh, I'm going to give him a chance. Uh, I'm, I'm all in on the Browns right now. Yep. And I feel like we're always broken records with the Browns. <laughs> like we have to go all in and then we're disappointed and then we have to go all in on the next crew. But I, I do kind of feel like this might be different this time, but they've duped me before. Yeah, absolutely. The last we'll 20 years. <laughs> right. We'll see. Me and Christian were also definitely on the McDaniels hired bandwagon. So yeah. uh, it wasn't a shock that Stavansky got the job, but it definitely was a little bit hurt to, yes. to not get the guy we wanted. But I, I do think Stefanski can be good, uh, especially with the crew he's kind of brought in. I'm excited. And with this roster, how how do you not be excited for it? Yeah. You know. But it's it's it, not like we have an 0-16 team we're working with. You know, we've got the talent. It's just, can we get the right guy to, to kind of write the ship? Yep. The only, the only thing that could make me angry is if they draft somebody stupid at 10. That's, that's the next part. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me either, honestly. Yeah. This is the Browns we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so speaking on some, some Browns personnel, uh, <laughs> the Bengals are, are said to have Joe Burrow locked in with the first overall pick. The question for you is Baker now. <laughs> I can't even get the question out. I'm sorry. Is Baker now the worst quarterback in the AFC North? Um, I would say absolutely not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not only because I mean Joe Burrow, he he's amazing. Obviously, he's you know he balled out at LSU, but Baker also balled out at Oklahoma. Um, so it's a different ball game coming to the pros. Also, too, it depends on what quarterback is going to start for the Steelers because you're either going to get Ben Roethlisberger, who's obviously proved himself over the years, or you're going to get Mason Rudolph or Devlin Duck Hodges. Um, and we, we obviously saw what they could do, um, and neither one of them are even close to what Baker could do. Um, I think, obviously, people look at Baker and obviously the down year he had this year um, which was complete polar opposite from what he did his rookie year. I think a lot of it obviously has to do with coaching. Um, and I'm not trying to write off, you know, as bad as he played, but I think we kind of have to kind of cancel out the first and second year and kind of take this third year as, okay, what Baker Mayfield do we have? You know what I mean? So I, I think it's, it's kind of hard to tell it is if he the worst quarterback in the division, even if they do have Roethlisberger, I would say, um, Right now, Baker's even, he's still top two. Um, Roethlisberger's at the end of their career. He doesn't have the weapons he's always had, and obviously that's what kind of made him so good is because he had Bell and Brown. Um, and we haven't seen a full season of Roethlisberger without him, without them. So um, I'll still give Baker number two because Lamar Jackson right now is just ridiculous. Yeah, that yeah. that was my answer as well. That's <laughs> a big battle. Might even be the worst <laughs> just because he's so old yeah, we don't even I mean, know it's not the same big Ben. no matter how you you know no matter how many how many how many how you write it up it's not the yeah. same guy yeah uh, and and actually in our mock right before you came on we had them trade back into the first at the very end to get jacob eason to basically get rid of their uh whole backup situation <laughs> yeah. yeah we don't trust their backups are that. terrible they're terrible yeah. 
and possibly racist. So whatever, you know, <laughs> that's up for debate. How, no matter how you look at it, it's still it's up, up for, for debate. debate. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Joe Burrow, a lot of people are kind of split on this. If Tua is healthy, who's the better quarterback between him and Burrow? See, man, that's tough. Because if you'd have asked me a year ago, um, I would have said Tua without a doubt. Um, obviously, the injury plays a factor, but I think even with Tua, um, Juro, or Burrow was playing absolutely out of his mind. Um, just with obviously taking the, the uh, consideration of what division they're in, obviously plays a, a huge factor. Um, I mean, he was making the SEC defenders look silly. Um, I mean, he was just throwing all over them, you know, throwing for six, five, seven touchdowns a game. Um, and then obviously in the national championship, he made Clemson kind of look silly and they're supposed to be the best defense in, in the NCAA. Um, the guy just kind of does it with ease. He, to me, and I've said this on our show a couple of times, he is the most pro ready quarterback in the, in, in, in the NCAA right now. Um, he's not your, your traditional college quarterback, I would say, because a lot of them kind of run and gun, kind of scramble around. Um, he's the most NFL caliber quarterback to me because, um, he stays in the pocket. He makes the hard throws. Um, he reads defensive backs. You know what I mean? To me, that's what makes an NFL quarterback. Um, and I think he's going to be better than Tua, um, just off that factor alone. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, the one thing that seems to come up quite a bit is, is Joe Burrow's 2019 season a fluke uh, based on the growth that he saw from his previous year to last year? I personally don't believe it's a fluke. I don't think you can be that good and be fluky. Especially in the SEC. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, so if you had to pick one player from this 2020 NFL draft class to start a franchise with, who would it be? Um, man, that's tough because this year I feel like there's a lot of it's not your your traditional where you just pick the best quarterback um, because there's a lot of there's a lot of talent kind of throughout the board as far as position goes. Um, I see on, on the list here you have Isaiah Simmons, which is a great pick because he's not only a safety but he can be a roaming linebacker in the league, kind of what people expected. Um, I can't even remember his name. Peppers, what they expected Jabril Peppers to be. Um, I feel like Jabril or Isaiah Simmons kind of excels that. You know, he can actually cover. He can he can cover a tight end. He can blitz. He can kind of do everything. Um, and we've seen that, um, especially in big games. But I'm going to go with actually Chase Young. Um, and I know that's kind of not too surprising with it, as far as, you know, the defensive ends that Ohio State has put out in the last couple of years. Um, when we seen Joe Bo- Joey Boza, we thought he was the best defensive end Ohio State's ever had. Then we saw Nick Boza, and we <laughs> thought he was the best defensive end Ohio State's ever had. Then we got Chase Young, and I think it's absolutely no debate that this guy is the complete package as far as what a defensive end, especially in the NFL, should be. Um, he's got the size. He's got the height. He's got the reach. He's got the speed. Um, he can beat any offensive tackle as far as in my mind. Um, I know a lot of people kind of would say, oh, he takes, he likes to take plays off. Um, yeah, that could be argued with any defensive end in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he's got it all. If he's got the right coaching, he's got the right, um, defensive scheme. I feel like this guy is going to be an absolute monster. Um, and I know that's, he could be a fluke just like every other pick, but I think if he, if he had to kind of go in blind and pick somebody, um, I think it would be Chase Young. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I'm with you there. That would definitely be my pick. I know Christian wrote his in here, but I think uh, <laughs> just in comparison to the Bosa brothers, I think they have both kind of shown their generational players at this point with their already being able to excel in the NFL. But all three of these guys have come in as generational talents in my mind. Now, if you can translate that to an NFL player, is different, but I don't think he's going to have a problem with it. No. And uh, obviously, Burrow is a good pick here, but I know why you picked Simmons, Christian, uh, <laughs> just because that's all you've talked about on the show for, it feels like a year, but it's been like a month. <laughs> Listen, Isaiah Simmons is probably going to be a bust, and I'm going to look like an idiot, I, and I no one's along with me. That. I don't <laughs> think there's a chance he's a bust. Yeah, I don't think he's a bust. Maybe not make as much of a difference as a guy like Chase Young would make right away. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's positional value for me there. Yeah, that's probably. I, probably and it, we just hope Simmons actually gets to a coach that knows how to use him because uh, he's de- he's definitely not an inside linebacker per se. And no, if somebody no drafts him as such. Yeah. He's an outside corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He might, hey, he might play some slot corner. Anyway, speaking of cornerbacks, uh, Sean, who do you think is going to have the better career when it's all said and done? Denzel Ward or Jeff Okuda? Man, this is tough. When I looked at this question, um, <laughs> when, you, when you actually break it down, are, or are these guys not the same exact player? Um, these guys, as far as speed and size, they're essentially identical. Um, so that kind of makes it hard to say which one would have a better career. Um, I'm sure if you broke down college stats, I'm pretty sure Jeff Okuda had a much better college, um, standout as far as performance goes. Um, but Denzel also so far in the pros has done pretty well aside from his injuries. So it's kind of hard to kind of weigh the two. Um, I think Jeff Okuda is going to have an outstanding career in the NFL um, as, as far as, you know, as long as he stays healthy, which like I said, with, with Denzel, we've kind of, you haven't really got a full answer yet because he hasn't, has, hasn't had a full season. Um, his half year, his first year has, was outstanding. Um, he's a little bit smaller, but he's a speedy guy. So he can run with any corner um, as far as pass deflection interceptions go. He, he was pretty well, I'd say as a rookie. Um, but first half of the second season, he was out with hammy injuries. You know, it was his groin, was his hamstring. And then the season was kind of lost at that point when he came back. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell. I would take either one, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> um, Jeff Okuda was amazing um, in Ohio State. And I think he's obviously going to be a top five pick. But um, I, I'm kind of going to go in the middle right now because I haven't obviously been convinced on either one. I, I don't blame you. It's hard to break down which one does something better. I think maybe Okuda might be a little bit better in press. I think Ward might have been a better tackler, but that's kind of hindered with all the concussions. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, they're both just incredible. I mean, and we had Okuda go to the Lions, so I, at least we'll get to probably see both of these guys for the rest of their careers <laughs> on television. So that's all I care about really. <laughs> yeah. I think they'll both do well. Obviously they're both smaller. Um, obviously not your traditional six, two, six, three cover corner um, who kind of is more of a physical guy, more than a corner guy or a cover guy. But these guys obviously can run with the best of them. Um, and, you know, I, it's hard to break down defense compared to offense. You know what I mean? Like you have to be, a, you have to pay attention to defensive 
all around to kind of get a full effect on how a corner is better than the other. It's not like a quarterback who can throw for 50 touchdowns and, you know, be like, oh, he's obviously the best. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to kind of break that down. Um, but I, I think we're, we're in for uh, two outstanding corners as far as careers go. 100% agree. Um, all right. This might be the toughest question yet, although that one was pretty tough. Um, do you think Odell Beckham Jr. will be traded before his contract ex- expires? Um, one question before I answer that. When exactly does his contract expire? Before this next season or is it the season oh, after? It's like three seasons away. Yeah, so <laughs> okay. I think he, he signed a brand new deal last year. Okay. Um, see, that that's also a tough one. I think it obviously depends on how he does this year. I think you can kind of wash away last season. Um, I don't think that's uh, a kind of a good season to kind of weigh into how good he is or what kind of effect he's going to have. Um, I think you can you can do that for every offensive player we had last year as far as um, performance goes strictly because of Freddie Kitchens. And I know, Christian, we had that debate when you were on our show. Um, yeah. Freddie Kitchens kind of just ruined everybody, in my in my opinion. Yeah. Um, do I think he'll be traded before his contract expires? Obviously, that depends on how the Browns do the next three seasons. Um, I think this year, really, all they have to do is do better than last season um, and, and him have a better impact or a more impact than it did last season. Then I don't think they'll trade him. Um, the season after that though, they obviously have to make an even bigger um, impact or they have to obviously perform better as far as record goes. And as far as how the season goes um, and that obviously will hinder how they do in the third season. Cause it could be that third season could be a complete wash. You know, they, they know that Odell's not the guy, um, you know, his ego could be too much. The drama could be too much. Injuries obviously is obviously a factor. Um, I want to say no, um, because I am a big Odell fan. Obviously, he's one of the best receivers in the league. It would be nice to keep him um, and having him and Jarvis with Baker and Chubb and, and Hunt. That's kind of a dream team, in my opinion. Um, so obviously, my gut would say no. Let's keep him. Let's hold on to him. He's obviously proven he's one of the best in the league. Um, obviously he's going to want money as every star is going to. Um, but with that, he's going to have to perform. So if the next couple of seasons, he's kind of, uh, does it deserve a max contract? Does he not? Does he, is he injury prone? Is he not injury prone? Um, obviously that weighs a factor, but I would like to think that Browns would hold on to him. Um, only because as Stefanski, this offense that they have, Coming in as a head coach, I feel like it's a silver platter as far as um, offensive star power. So as, as a new coach, um, and obviously all eyes are on you, you you would think that you would want all the weapons you could get um, to kind of prove yourself as a head coach. Why want, Why come in with some scrubs and, and kind of have to prove yourself as a head coach when you have all the weapons you need to kind of be uh, a playoff contender? Yeah. Yeah, my, my biggest concern with the Stefanski hire was – the weapons almost kind of match up with Minnesota, with Minnesota just having pretty much a much better offensive line last year. Uh, and the only concern there is the receivers are not very happy there. I think that's more Kirk Cousins than it will be Baker Mayfield. But, boy, <laughs> that could prove to be an issue. I mean, Diggs wasn't really known as a diva until he wasn't getting the ball. And Absolutely. if Odell's not getting the ball... <laughs> He'll be even more of a diva than Diggs is. He, oh, he yeah. might he might Miles Garrett Stefanski. I don't know what the hell's gonna happen, man. <laughs> I, 
Good Lord. Very well happened. <laughs> Our, uh, Sean, Sean um, you played football in high school, right? Yes. All right. My last question for you is, do you think you're better at football or baseball? <sighs> That's so tough. Um, <laughs> before my senior year, I would have said baseball. Um, obviously, not a lot of listeners know who I am, but going into my <laughs> senior year, I was a corner. Um, I didn't like, I guess you could call me a little a little bit of, of lazy or it was more I was used to baseball because I didn't like running with corners. I didn't like being man to man. You could say it was because I was slower or you could say that I just didn't like it. <laughs> Once the coach moved me to free safety, it was like I was playing, playing center field. Um, it was easy for me to to read the quarterback and kind of know where he was going. Um, you know, if I know Christian, you played football. I don't know if the other um, your your yeah. buddy played football or not. But as a defensive back, as a safety, you just drop back and look for the ball. Um, so it was it was easy for me to to play that position more. Um, and I, and I received all state as as a senior for interceptions. Um, so obviously that would to me make me look better as a football player than I was a baseball player. Um, but the skills I kind of transitioned to the football field came from baseball. Um, so I. It's hard to really say. I love the baseball. Obviously, um, Christian, my senior year, we played together. Yes, um, we did. I was your second baseman, so we had a lot of fun. Obviously, in in those tournaments, um, yeah, you know, turnable plays and that sort of thing. So it, it's it's really, really, really tough for me to say. Um, I would say if you're talking high school, I would say football. If you're talking strictly travel ball and and that sort of thing, I would say baseball. Um, but both, I, I love very, very much. <laughs> Awesome. Good answer. I was just wondering what you thought. I I think I remember you being all state in football. So uh, I figured I'd see what you thought about your game. I thought you were a phenomenal second baseman. Um, I had a lot of good second basemen to turn double plays with, but you were one of my favorites for sure. (laughs) Yeah, dude, if I could turn back the clock and go back and play again, if I had to choose between the two, if you know, if you said you have one more game to play, um, what are you going to choose? I would probably choose baseball if you were the shortstop. Um, nice. that, that, summer, that summer we had Aww. so much fun. Man. Like, it, it, was, it was. It was great. It was great. It was a good time. Um, before we get out of here, Sean, let our listeners know where they can find your show and where they can find you. Tell us about the fifth quarter. Uh, well, a lot of you guys, if, if you haven't listened to our show, we're relatively new. Um, we started at the beginning of the Brown season just for fun. Um, you know, we're, we're a couple of guys who just love the Browns. And, you know, every Sunday in our group chats, we kind of ran about how bad the Browns are or how good they are. And one day we were like, hey, you know, let's let's start a podcast and kind of tell everyone what we think. Um, so a couple me, Logan Updike and my buddy Nick Miola, we kind of started a show and kind of went on a rant. Um, as the season went on, Nick got busy with, with school and work and he kind of fell off. But um, Logan and I, we kind of continued it. And, and as the season went on, we, you know, we gained listeners, we, we received opinions and, and uh, you know, we just, we loved it. Um, so you can, you can find us on Twitter at, at fifth quarter show underscore. Um, we're taking a break right now. Um, we had some, some things come up as far as personal goes. Luke's computer broke and our, our work schedules got busy, but um, with the, the football season ending and, and NFL and NBA kind of hitting their midway point, we thought it was a perfect time to kind of take a break, but um, you can find us on Twitter at fifth quarter show or on Facebook at fifth quarter um, podcast. And we're going to be starting next week. Actually, um, we're going to be talking about some XFL. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, stuff. If you're looking for, for Cleveland sports or 
football, baseball, basketball, this is where to find us. Obviously, we're going to – we had Christian on to talk about some fantasy, and I think we're going to continue with that as far as going into next scene with the draft and, and all that sort of thing. Um, give, us a, give us a listen. You know, we're just doing it for fun. Um, it, it's a good time. We love talking about sports. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sean. I'm sure we will have you on, and hopefully we can get Logan on next time as well. Um, and we'll be happy to to come on your show and, and talk some fantasy football. Absolutely, man. We're actually going to be planning a uh, – I know I'm sure you guys are as well. We're going to be planning an NFL draft, kind of a bigger show. Um, and we we, we want to have all kinds of guests. So all your hosts, I know you guys are big into fantasy and that sort of thing. So um, we're looking to have you guys on as well. That'd be awesome. All right, Sean, thank you. Uh, Perfect, man. Thank you so much.